My younger daughters were the result of an amazing move of God we had in our church over 30 years ago. But one day, I was told that there was a group of people who wanted me out as their pastor. So I prayed and asked God, how can you do anything where there is such division? He immediately made it clear that the only difference between now and a week ago was that now I knew about it. He was and is well able to accomplish His will even though there are divisions, not only in a church, but in our nation. The fact is that a divided nation is the battle plan for socialism and the road to global government, and we would do well to learn how to address such tactics with grace and wisdom. America is on the edge of revolution this year. Socialism's divide-and-conquer strategy to defeat an opponent is as old as time itself. On life journeys, we're not only going to come to understand why such conflict happens, but how to learn from it, that the blessing of God may be restored to our lives and our nation. Socialism must have division. Unity keeps it from sprouting. Class division, racial division, moral division, economic division— the tactic is to create and support a segment until it's cut from the whole. Racial riots were supported. COVID is another platform for division. Gay inequality was fostered. Abortion rights were rubbed in our faces daily. Some of these groups were taught to feel marginalized and subordinate to the so-called privileged until they admitted to a systemic lack of financial privilege. The tactics included fostering and encouraging people groups to accept an identity of oppression, and when the blacks versus the whites, the gays versus the Christians, the conservatives versus the illegal immigrants, and the criminals versus the police were established as enemies, the brain trust behind the far left had a conglomerate majority to support them until the day comes, of course, when they plunder them. We've also seen a great division in America because of COVID-19. There are the maskers and the unmaskers. The root of it isn't either side's ability to understand viral transmission at all. The issue is all about building distrust in America's leadership on both sides. The result is yet another identity politics issue to divide and achieve political advantage for a socialist overthrow. According to Dinesh D'Souza, the far left used tactics that they knew we wouldn't use. They took a Stormy Daniels, someone they personally had no problem with, and threw her at Trump. They knew that when scandal was accused, that we would simply withdraw from the race. They also knew that if one of our own was exposed as corrupt or immoral, that we'd circle him and stab him to death ourselves, according to Dinesh. But when they brought this to Trump, all he said was, What else you got? He was not subject to their attacks, nor was he going to wilt when the media was unleashed on him. He exposed them by calling them what they were. And this is true of Republicans as well as Democrats. Trump is a strong, stubborn man who, when he believes in something, he can't be bought, manipulated, and intimidated. He's what the country needed to stop this plummet in socialism and global government. He's not who the Democrats wanted, at all, but he is who their party deserved. Turning a corner, Christians can keep using the weapons of the world and trying to fight them with it. 
But they will lose because they weren't willing to go as far as the far left. Furthermore, they aren't the weapons that God intends for them, for this is more than a political issue. God doesn't use a majority rule, as Gideon demonstrated. He uses a minority assignment, not a majority vote as a tool. You must understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty, through God to the pulling down of strongholds, Paul says. He does this so that the glory may be of God and not men. This is how his kingdom operates. And if we're going to claim God is with us, then we had better use his methods and motives, or we'll be made the fool, and it'll be our own fault. David went out against Goliath, but he refused to use the armor of Israel's army. It didn't suit him, for he was untrained and unable to use it. He came against a giant with a slingshot. The projectile he used had to be exactly on target. The Red Sea showed this, as did Gideon, as did Jericho when the walls fell because of Israel's obedience and faith. The enemies of God have always displayed the arrogant attitude that they've won. When King Hezekiah was sick, he was also leading a nation that was on the verge of defeat at the hands of the king of Assyria. Israel was taunted by their enemy. Don't trust in your God. He can't deliver you, for he sent me to destroy you. Now, listen to the words of King Hezekiah. Don't listen to your enemy, and don't answer him one word. Keep quiet. Because the king prayed to God, he was told these words, I will deliver you, and your enemy shall die. The next morning, Jerusalem looked out from behind the walls of the city, and 185,000 of the enemy's soldiers lay dead. Their king returned to Assyria, where he soon was killed. Listen, we're not going to win this battle by trying to convince the far left how wrong they are. Neither will our sarcasm work. Trying to convince people about the tactics of socialism and a new world order will not work either. That's just dealing with the symptoms of the disease anyway. In fact, there is nothing that anyone can do about this without God. It's his battle. The unborn who are murdered, the racial divides that have hurt the black community, the atrocities committed in child sex trafficking and in school locker rooms because of outrageous transgender issues, they're all a world thumbing its nose in the face of God, and he is well able to handle it. He's been doing it for many, many centuries. He knows the cunning, deceptive devices of darkness. He saw them in the Garden of Eden, and it hasn't changed to this day. But there's a part we need to play. Don't divide yourself apart from your family and friends because of political and spiritual darkness. Don't alienate those whom you would be used by God to influence and thereby get in God's way. Love people. Love the lost, the deceived, the arrogant, knowing that you too have been an enemy and by love you were rescued. Tell the truth where you must. Love does not go silent when the truth is at stake or it's not love. But don't tell people off with the truth either. Your motive must be love for them in your nation and your God, not vengeance or a personal need to be right because of insecurities. This is not our country anyway. It belongs to God. He gave it liberty, and only He can preserve that liberty. 
Your adversary has tried to make you mad by making you outraged. He doesn't care if you discover his corruption, his fraud, and his devious works, but he cannot win unless we let him win by using our own weapons. Prayer is the most powerful weapon in the universe. To use it, we must respond to and be influenced more by the God of heaven than by the Prince of Darkness. Our enemy has been exposed to us. Now, stand still and watch God work. God is not going to save this nation from the overthrow of democracy because he is pro-Republican or Democrat or pro-white or black or even pro-democracy. If America falls into socialism, the world will fall into global government and the book of Revelation shows that he will never let that stand. If you want to find some reliable news, read the blueprint for victory. The book of Revelation has given us the news before it happens, and its first chapters show us that God is ultimately in control, and what we must do to be on the winning side. You were born, for such a time as this.